0: That chat is brought to you by Walters. The weekend is upon us, and Walters is a great spot to gather for brunch. From chicken and waffles to Walters breakfast tacos, Walters menu has something for everyone.
1: On top of that, for only $20, enjoy bottomless drinks, including Mimosas, Bloody Marys, trulies, and Old Time Lagers. Make your reservation at waltersdc.com today. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: And now the pitch. Swinging a slow ground ball right side birdie the second baseman has an edge of the outfield grass and the throw to Cooper at first and the Marlins sweep the series the Nationals have set a new record for consecutive losses at home at eight as they win the first two games of the homestand and lose the final eight and welcome to Nats Chat for Friday April 29th
0: 2022 I'm Al Galdi host of the Al Galdi podcast Mark Zuckerman is off for this installment of the podcast, is he is traveling to California. Yes, just like the Notorious B.I.G. many years ago, Zuckerman is going, going back, back to Cali. Cali, we had the Notorious B.I.G. many years ago. The Notorious Z.U.K. is going <laughs> back to Cali uh, as the Nats are about to begin a nine-game road trip, three games at the San Francisco Giants, followed by three games at the Colorado Rockies, followed by three games at the Los Angeles Angels. And hopefully that nine-game road trip for the Nats will go a lot better than their just-concluded 10-game homestand went. The Nats on Thursday afternoon lost their eighth consecutive game, 3-2 the final, to the Miami Marlins at Nationals Park to complete a three-game sweep. Yeah, the Nats suffered a three-game sweep at the hands of the lowly Marlins. You know, it's one thing to suffer a three-game sweep at the hands of the San Francisco Giants, as the Nats did this past weekend, but to get swept in three games by the Marlins, that's not good. This homestand began with a double-header sweep of the Arizona Diamondbacks now two Tuesdays ago, April 19th, but the Nats then ended up losing their final eight games of the homestand, a two-and-eight homestand, an eight-game losing streak. Uh, the Nats this season now are just 6-15. The Nats have gone from 6-7 to 6-15. And, and what continues to kill the Nats is their offense. The Nats right now are a horrendous offensive team. That's just the truth. Uh, the Nats in their three-game sweep to the Marlins scored a total, a total of five runs. That's it. A 5-2 loss on Tuesday night. A 2-1 loss on On Wednesday night and a 3-2 loss on Thursday afternoon. The Nats in this eight-game losing streak have scored a total of 16 runs. 16 runs over eight games. Two runs per game. The Nats now this season, over 21 games, have scored a total of just 67 runs. That works out to just 3.19 runs per game. And if you take out the outlier, which was the Nats scoring 11 runs in an 11-2 win at the Atlanta Braves on April 11th. The Nats in their other 20 games this season have totaled just 56 runs. That works out to just 2.8 runs per game. The Nats on Thursday afternoon scored just their two runs, had just four hits. Now, three of the hits were doubles, so we did at least have some extra base hits from the Nats. Uh, The Nats did work four walks. Uh, The Nats, though, continue to not hit home runs. You know, three doubles were nice, but some homers would have been better. The Nats, over their 21 games this season, have totaled just 11 home runs. The Nats did not hit a single homer over the course of these three games against the Marlins at Nationals Park. Some individual player observations from Thursday afternoon. So Nats manager Davey Martinez for a second consecutive game did have Josh Bell batting in the number three spot and Nelson Cruz batting in the number four spot. Uh, Cruz had been the Nats number three batter in each of his previous 18 games this season. The flip-flop so far really hasn't done much. Josh Bell continues to hit well and Nelson Cruz continues to struggle. I mean, that is what was happening prior to the flip-flop. Bell on Thursday afternoon as the Nats starting first baseman and number three batter went one for four with an RBI double, did strike out twice, but Bell in a Nats one run first had a one out opposite field, RBI double to right field for a one nothing Nats lead as Bell did a great job of going the other way with a 96 mile per hour fastball from the Marlins starting pitcher, Trevor Rogers. Uh, Josh Bell this season has been good. He has been the Nats best batter this season. Bell this season has a batting average of .328, has an on-base percentage of .442, has a slugging percentage of .484. But then there is Nelson Cruz, who simply has not hit so far this season. Uh, Cruz on Thursday afternoon, as the Nats starting designated hitter and number four batter, went 0-3 for 3 with a walk. Cruz In the bottom of the ninth, drew a leadoff four-pitch walk, but the numbers for Nelson Cruz this season are brutal. Batting average of 160, on-base percentage of just 259, slugging percentage of just 240. His on-base is greater than his slugging. Not supposed to work that way. Juan Soto on Thursday afternoon did draw two walks, but Soto also went hitless. So Soto, as an ad starting right fielder, And number two batter, 0 for 2 with two walks. Soto, in the bottom of the sixth, drew a one-out-five pitch walk. Soto, in the bottom of the eighth, drew a two-out-five pitch walk. But how about the discrepancy between Soto's batting average this season and his on-base percentage this season? Now, I am not big on batting average. I usually don't look at batting average. But this does highlight a key point here with Juan Soto. He's just not accumulating many hits so far this season. Soto is batting just .243. Now, he has an on-base percentage of 418. That's great. I mean, Soto overall is drawing walks. Now, the walks had slowed down lately, but overall, he is getting his walks. But again, on-base percentage of 418 is quite good, but he's not racking up the hits. And he's also now slugging just 429 this season. You know, Michael Franco this season has more hits Than Juan Soto has. And that's not to say that Franco has been a better batter than Soto has been, but it does sort of highlight this phenomenon, at least so far, of Juan Soto not piling up hits as we know Soto can. Also, regarding the Nats' lineup on Thursday afternoon, we, for a second consecutive game, had Lucius Fox and not Alcides Escobar as the Nats' starting shortstop. As we have discussed, Escobar is off to a really bad start. In his 2022 regular season, batting average of 123 on base percentage of just 194, slugging percentage of 140. He has not looked good in the field. He has looked old and slow in the field. Escobar already this season has minus four defensive runs saved. Now, as you may know, Luis Garcia has been like a human wrecking machine as a batter for AAA Rochester. The Nats, for whatever reason, are not calling Garcia back up right now. Uh, maybe sometime soon, but not right now. And so it has been Lucius Fox as the Nats starting shortstop in each of the last two games. This is the age 24 season for Lucius Fox. He was born in the Bahamas, was signed by the San Francisco Giants as an international free agent in 2015. The Nats got Fox this past November 30th uh, via waivers from the Orioles. But unfortunately, Lucius Fox has struggled. He has struggled mightily. Uh, Lucius Fox on Thursday afternoon as the Nats' starting shortstop and number eight batter, 0-2 for with a walk. Now, him drawing a walk was significant because he, coming into this game, had not had a single hit or a walk at all in this 2022 regular season. But Fox, in the bottom of the fifth, drew a one-out six-pitch walk, despite having been down in the count at 1.12. So that was good, but uh, Lucius Fox then got picked off at first base by Marlins starter Trevor Rogers. For the second out.
2: Shaded toward the middle each. The shortstop and second baseman. Now throw to first. They may have him picked. And he is out at first base. Well, they might have had a play on. Fox was leaning the other way. So, oh, Lucius finally got
0: on base. But he then got picked off. Lucius Fox now this season 0 for 20 with one walk. I mean, Osiris Escobar has been bad. But he hasn't been that bad. He hasn't been 0 for 20 with one walk bad. Also, Fox, in the Marlins' one-run third, committed a throwing error as uh, he, on a slow grounder, had trouble getting the baseball out of his glove and then made an errant throw to first baseman Josh Bell. Although, I tell you what, in fairness to Fox, Bell could have made that catch. He did not make the catch. So, I guess if you have to charge someone with an error, you charge Fox with an error. But that was a
2: catch that Bell could have made. The one-two, grounded softly toward short, ranging into glove. It is Fox on the run, releases and throws it low, and it gets by Bell, and it bounces in play, picked up by Adams. Ross trying for second to the throw there is going to be in plenty of time, but the Marlins are going to argue the ball went out of play, and actually they're going to win that argument without even a challenge.
0: This is why errors are always tricky to look at in terms of trying to assess whether a guy is a good fielder or not, because, I don't know, if Bell makes that catch, then we're not talking about any kind of an error here for Lucius Fox. But he doesn't make the catch. You could argue he should have made the catch, and Fox winds up with the error. An offensive bright spot for the Nats on Thursday afternoon, in addition to Josh Bell, was Cesar Hernandez. He is the Nats' starting second baseman and number one batter. Did have two hits, two for four with an RBI double and a single. Hernandez, in the Nats' one-run first, had a first-pitch leadoff single to center field. Hernandez, in the Nats' one-run eighth, had a two-out RBI double off the left field wall. To cut the Nats' deficit to 3-2, Victor Robles did have a double on Thursday afternoon. He was a Nats' starting center fielder and number 9 batter. Uh, he went 1-3 for three with a double, but he also had two negative moments in center field. Robles, in the Nats' one-run eighth, had a two-out first pitch double to left center field. That was good, but Robles, in the Marlins' one-run third, committed a fielding error on a two-out RBI double by John Birdie to the left center field gap on a 1-2 pitch to tie the game at one. Now, the 1 2 pitch.
2: Swinging a drive, well hit left center field, chasing Hernandez on the go. Closing, can't get there. It drops in between he and Robles. Off Robles' glove, Victor fumbles it for a second. Runner scores, trying for third is Birdie, and he's in there sliding with a game tying hit. And Robles in the Moreland's two run seventh
0: could have made the catch on Brian Anderson's first pitch leadoff double, but did not make the catch. And Robles, to be honest with you, looked like Lane Thomas out there. You know, Lane Thomas has had a problem this season on balls hit behind him. And as Thomas has had to track these balls while running toward outfield walls, uh, Thomas has been twisting and turning and has had problems. Well, Robles on this play on Thursday afternoon turned two different ways while running it toward the center field wall. I don't know if the catch would have been made. It certainly was not an easy play to make, but it is a play that Robles can make. I mean, he, at his best, is an outstanding defensive center fielder. He did not make the play. The ball ended up bouncing off the bottom of the wall. Uh, So we did see some sloppy defense by the Nats in this series, but bottom line, I mean, just way too little offense from the Nats in this series and in this season so far. Yadiel Hernandez on Thursday afternoon, starting left fielder and number five batter, 0 for 4. Uh, Michael Franco on Thursday afternoon, starting third baseman and number six batter, 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Riley Adams on Thursday afternoon, starting catcher and number seven batter, 0 for 3. You get the idea. Hey guys, it's Al Goldie for Window Nation. Get your degree in savings during Window Nation's spring break sale. Get two free windows for every two windows that you buy for as many as you need and make no down payment and pay no interest for 24 months. Just call 866-90NATION or visit Window Nation. As you surely know, we have been having very up and down temperatures lately. With up and down temperatures, it's difficult to stay comfortable in your home with old drafty windows. The longer that you have old drafty windows, the more money that you waste on your heating and cooling bills. Window Nation has saved customers over 60 million dollars on energy bills. Buy two windows, get two free. Pay nothing for two years. No money down, no payments, and no interest for two full years. Save thousands. These are savings that you'll only see once this year. Window Nation has installed over a million windows and has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. That's 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com.
2: The kick in the 3-2. Swing and a miss. He strikes out Anderson to retire the side. Corbin with a sinking fastball as his third strikeout at a 1-2-3, top of the second. As for the Nat starting pitcher in their 3-2 loss to the
0: Marlins at Nationals Park on Thursday afternoon, uh, Patrick Corbin was the starting pitcher. Yes, you know old Corby, don't you? Uh, the same Patrick Corbin who in his previous start, which came in a 7-1 loss to the San Francisco Giants at Nationals Park this past Friday night, got shellacked, got ripped seven runs in one and two-thirds innings. This is the same Patrick Corbin who over four starts in this 2022 regular season had an ERA of 11.20 20 and a whip of 256. If his ERA was 256, that would be lovely. But no, his whip was 256 coming into this game on Thursday afternoon. This is the same Patrick Corbin who had been oh so bad in each of the previous two seasons. Uh, Now, Davey Martinez did not announce until the day before this game that Corbin was starting this game on Thursday afternoon. I don't know that it's accurate to say that Corbin on Thursday afternoon was pitching for a spot in the Nats rotation. But I tell you what, another disastrous outing by Corbin may well have cost him his spot in the Nats rotation. So it doesn't have to be that his rotation spot necessarily was on the line. But had he gotten worked the way he got worked last Friday night, uh, then I do think it's possible that old Corby might have been out of the Nats rotation, at least for now. But Patrick Corbin on Thursday afternoon did not get worked. In fact, Patrick Corbin on Thursday afternoon was good. Yeah, let me repeat that. Patrick Corbin on Thursday afternoon was good. Uh, He, to me, had his best start so far this season. It was nice to see this. Now, look, we have seen this from Corbin over the previous two seasons in which he has struggled. He will follow up a blow-up start with a decent start, even a good start, and then he'll go right back to getting shredded. So I'm not going to go crazy here over what Corbin did on Thursday afternoon. Remember, Corbin last September pitched well in four of his last five starts in the 2021 regular season. That stretch has turned out to be nothing. Uh, but I shall give credit where credit is due. Corbin on Thursday afternoon was good. You know, he needed a good start and he had a good start. Corbin allowed three runs to earned, in six innings, but he was better than that final line indicated. Uh, Corbin had eight strikeouts. Uh, He only gave up four hits. Uh, Now, three of the hits were doubles to go with a single, but he only gave up four hits. Uh, He issued two walks and a wild pitch. He, over his six innings, threw 90 pitches, 62 strikes versus 28 balls. Uh, Corbin, in the top of the third, gave up an unearned run. Uh, Miguel Rojas began the inning by reaching second base on that throwing error by Nat shortstop Lucius Fox. Corbin gave up a two-out RBI double to John Birdie to the left center field gap on a 1-2 pitch to tie the game at one. Uh, that was the play on which Nat center fielder Victor Robles committed his fielding error, and Corbin then issued a two-out six-pitch walk of Jesus Aguilar. Uh, Corbin was charged with two runs in the top of the seventh, so he did pitch into the seventh inning in this game. That has been also oh rare so far. In this 2022 Nats season, a starting pitcher pitching into the seventh inning. Uh, Now, Corbin in this seventh inning gave up a first pitch leadoff double to Brian Anderson on that fly ball in which uh, Robles turned two different ways while running toward the center field wall. Corbin then issued a hit by pitch of Miguel Rojas and then got pulled from the game in favor of Victor Arano. Now, the hit by pitch of Rojas was scary, really scary.
2: And he squares, and oh, he's hit in the face! Here comes the Marlins' trainer as Rojas appears to be alert. He does have the protection, the the flap, guarding the left side of his face, the cheekbone, and I think it hit right on that guard, and Rojas is up to a
0: knee. Corbin hit Rojas on his head. Corbin squatted down, and you could tell that he was very concerned about Miguel Rojas. Uh, Corbin looked to be shaken up by what happened with Miguel Rojas, uh, Corbin certainly seemed rattled, and that appeared to be part of why he was taken out of the game. And then two inherited runners ended up scoring. Uh, Victor Urano to make that Patrick Corbin final line worse than it should have been. But here was Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Thursday on the performance of Patrick Corbin.
3: To the he really did. I mean, the last the last inning out there, you know, he. So, Threw a pretty good pitch to uh, to Anderson, and then uh, you know the hit batsman scared him. You know, as you saw, he went down a little bit, and um, you know. But I thought he threw the ball. Uh, he threw the ball really well today. And if he could repeat that in five days, uh, that'd be that'd be awesome.
0: Yes, uh, that would be awesome. Understand though that Patrick Corbin's next start would seem likely to happen at the Colorado Rockies, i.e., at Field, where pitchers go to get whacked around, where pitchers go to get smacked around. So that would figure to be a little more challenging than what Corbin faced on Thursday afternoon. But good job by Corbin on Thursday afternoon. Now, here was Davey Martinez during his postgame press conference on Thursday on pulling Corbin after that hit by pitch of Miguel Rojas.
3: He was rattled, so I just kind of wanted to get him to calm down a little bit. Um... It's a scary situation now. I'm gonna call, you know, Donnie here after we speak and make sure that he's okay. And yeah, you never want to see anybody get hit, get hit, you know, especially in the head.
0: No, you don't. So overall, a nice outing from Patrick Corbin on Thursday afternoon. But Victor Arano did make Corbin's final line worse than the final line should have been. Uh, Victor Rano in the Marlins two-run seventh allowed two inherited runners to score. Now. Arano has pitched a lot for the Nats so far this season. Arano is the new Wander Suero, okay? Davey Martinez loved to make usage of Wander Suero, and Victor Arano quite clearly has taken the baton from Wander Suero in terms of being Davey's favorite in the bullpen just when it comes to pure usage. Victor Arano on Thursday afternoon made his 11th appearance of the season. Understand, Thursday afternoon's game was game number 21 for the Nats. In this 2022 regular season, Arano has pitched in 11 of the Nats' 21 games so far in this 2022 regular season. And Arano did struggle on Thursday afternoon. He came into the game with runners on first and second, no outs in the game, tied at one. Uh, Arano gave up an RBI single to Jesus Sanchez through the right side of the infield for a 2-1 Marlins lead. Uh, Arano issued a one-out run-scoring wild pitch for a 3-1 Marlins lead as Arano failed to catch a flip from catcher Riley Adams at home plate, and Arano issued a one-out hit-by-pitch of John Birdie. Also, Arano did a bad job of holding on Marlins base runners in the inning. Uh, The Marlins had two stolen bases in the inning. Uh, You know, Nats relievers in this three-game sweep to the Marlins at Nationals Park officially combined to give up just one run unearned in 10 and two-thirds innings. But you do have to be careful with that because you had something like Victor Urano struggling on Thursday afternoon. He was not charged with giving up any runs, but he clearly did not pitch well and he allowed two inherited runners to score. You also had something like what happened with Andres Machado. On Wednesday night, Machado in the Nats 2-1 loss to the Marlins at Nationals Park on Wednesday night, came into the game in the top of the fifth with runners on first and second, two outs and the Nats trailing 1-0. He issued a two-out six-pitch walk of Jesus Aguilar to load the bases, issued a two-out five-pitch Bases loaded walk of Jorge Soler for a 2-0 Marlins lead. Did then strike out Jesus Sanchez on four pitches for the third out. But, you know, Nats relievers in that game officially combined for four and a third scoreless innings, but that was a bit misleading. Overall, though, the Nats' bullpen in this series was good. Unfortunately, though, the Nats overall are not good right now. Next up for the Nats is a three-game series at the San Francisco Giants. Game one Friday night at 10:15. Aaron Sanchez will be the Nats' starting pitcher. So more from Davey Martinez during his post-game press conference on Thursday
3: we got to stay positive for sure you know as i said before look we're, we're all about you know competing and trying to win every game um it's been tough you know i'm not gonna lie it's been tough you know, i've been staying up i've been looking at a bunch of different things trying to get guys you know guys better right now we just we're not having uh, throughout our lineup there's no consistent at bats you know uh you know we, we're taking some walks we're not we're not getting that big hit when i you know we're not having that, that big, big inning. you know we, we need to start swinging the bats a little bit better i think our pitching's you know for a la- lot for the last few days have kept this in the game, um, so, you know, and that's for me. That's a positive. So, if we keep our pitching right there, uh, you know, I said all along, we're going to hit. You know, I, you know, Soto's going to hit. You know, Bell's, you know, he's done well. You know, Yachty's swinging the bat. You know, pretty, pretty good. Um, we got to get Nelly to hit. We got to get Soto on track. Uh, you know, the good, good thing is, is that you know, the, Nelly took his walks today. Soto took, took, took his walks today. And then the bottom line up, you know, they're going to do what they do. And, and you know, and for me, it's whatever they can do to help us offensively. They'll do that. Yo, Robles, hit, you know, got on top of a, a fastball after we talked to him, you know, the whole day about getting on top and drove a ball left center field. So if he can continue to do that, you know, he's going to be okay. We got to get some consistency out of our lineup and, uh, and start hitting the balls. You know, it's hard to win when you score one, two runs a game.
0: Yeah, it's very hard. I do have confidence that Davey Martinez will keep this Nats team together. I don't expect to hear about infighting or guys turning on each other or anything like that. But there's no doubt this Nats 2022 season already is getting ugly here. You know, 6 and 15 is the record. Eight game losing streak is what we're in the midst of, and the Nats are just not hitting right now. It is painful to watch. I do expect the bats to come around, but they very much need to come around. Yo, Davey can tinker with the lineup all he wants. Bottom line, these guys need to start hitting. The Nats aren't a good team. They are a bad team, but their hitting shouldn't be this bad. I don't believe that the team is this bad offensively. You tell us what you think. You can tweet us at Nats underscore chat. You can email us natschatpodcast.com. At gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the Nat's Chat Podcast, email Tim Shovers at nats Podcast at gmail.com. Our new Nat's Chat Podcast t-shirt is out. It is red. You can get yours by going to Nat's Chat Podcast.square site. That's Nat's Chat site. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 1067 the fan. Mark Zuckerman, aka the notorious Z-U-K. We'll be back with me on the next installment of the Nats Chat Podcast. Until then, I'm Al Galdi, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?